Rusty Quill presents. What's in a name? How much of what we know about the sweetness of roses comes from what we expect? Would a rose that smelled foul still be a rose? Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. another enlightenment segment and I'm still not over how wonderful it is to speak to you all like this you know I'm so lucky to be the host of Spirit Box Radio I don't bring it up enough I don't think it's so easy for it all to get lost in the source there's so much going on trying to figure out the forums tracing the paths of whatever else has been going on and work out what it means it's so easy to let the simple joy of what I do fade into the background but I shouldn't it's good I love doing this It's a light in my life. Whatever the reason, I feel so good, so clear-headed whilst the show is broadcasting. (sighs) To start things off this week, I have an augury forecast for you, actually. I found it stuffed into the toe of my shoe. Here's what it says. Two chevrons of geese cross in the sky. The place below where the lead bills pass marks where Mr Penfold dropped his wedding ring in 1953. The wind rises from the west and carries a tune through the gates of Regent's Park. Those who hear it should be wary of squirrels ahead. Faceless rider on painted steed, he bears advice, warns not to heed. From their lips shall spill a doom and nameless fate disguised in tune. If you should search before you seek, you might find your course oblique. There is wonder to be found in tuneless words and desperate sounds. The second will fall and be roused by the third, baptised by the tears of the first. The fall of seagull feathers from a nest in the chimney of a cottage by the sea smells intrigue. This is a good time to trust in those who trust you. And so concludes the augury forecast. Oliver and I went to the park this week to feed the ducks and he was telling me about how augury works. Basically, you study the movements of birds and that can be interpreted as hints about the future. He said he'd done a bit of augury himself. I asked him what the ducks were saying about our future, but he didn't take it very seriously. (laughs) All he said was that he thinks that they'd prefer bread to corn. I've told him so many times that bread is bad for ducks, but every time we go to the park, he apologises for the peas and sweet corn we throw for them. He's probably just doing it to mess with me. He can be a real nightmare sometimes, but God knows that. Hem. We haven't actually said that. I think I do. I I like him a lot. I think about him all the time. I prefer it when he's here as opposed to when he isn't. I don't know. I've never been in a relationship before. Oliver has been in loads, so... I guess he'll know when it's right to say that, right? So, you know... Oh, never mind, it's not important. Moving on, some incredible users on the forums have started to itemise all of the prophecies the recording machine found. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it, but... I don't know. Some of them are so weird. Some of them I can see that they're about me right away. A whole bunch of them are just, beware the heir apparent, and like, yes, that's me, we've established that. 
though there was some discussion about how to write that prophecy down. Listening back to some of the recordings, there is a pause like, beware the heir apparent. In some of them, the the is so soft you can barely hear it, and I wonder if it's actually there at all or if I'm just imagining it because I expect it to be. So some of them might be saying, beware heir apparent, which might be like, danger cliff ahead, you know? Or it might be like, you, cliff that's ahead, there's danger. Like they're warning me about something. Not that that's anything new either. Me, in danger, what is it, Tuesday? (laughs) Anyway, yep, there's loads of them like that which crop up loads of times, but there's a few which only appear once. One of them is this. Before your eyes, a man will die and come back to life, and in that man's heart is the doom of the world, and when he falls, the first stone in the path of the end will be laid. Pretty cryptic, right? And I asked for prophecies about me, so I assume that I'm the man, which is, you know, 75% right, because I'd say I'm at least 25% heir and 75% man at most. And I did die, and a whole bunch of people saw it. Indy Bliss, Inga, and Oliver were there in the room. And you guys, faithful listeners, you heard it, so, like... You were basically there too, so there could have been anyone. So I did die and come back before at least, I don't know, a whole bunch of people's eyes and ears. It does specifically mention eyes, but I don't know. Assuming most of you had eyes when you were listening too, no disrespect if you don't, just it probably means you weren't the one who the prophecy was made to, which I'm realising now you would already know, because whoever the prophecy was made to would know the prophecy was made to them, right? But even if we do discount you, faithful listeners, that leaves four people the you in this prophecy could be, and one of them is Oliver, who can't talk about a lot of stuff because he's magically tongue-tied not to, and the inconvenient sins, who I have extra inconveniently somehow magicked to the four corners of the globe or something, so I can't ask them. And even if I could, they are Major Arcana, just like Oliver, and they probably wouldn't be able to tell me about it anyway. Cards, cards, cards. It's fine. I'm fine. This is fine. It's all fine. Right? Right. Yeah. Whew. See? Fine. Absolutely 100% fine. God damn it. Yeah, okay. So I'm a little stressed. Who wouldn't be? I am talking about it. That's what I'm doing now, isn't it? No, I don't want to call anyone. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I don't care. I don't want to talk about it with them. I don't want their help and I don't want to discuss it. I just... just want it to stop. In all honesty, I'm scared, Revel. I don't know what any of this means, and what if I'm something bad? What if I'm something awful and terrible and he doesn't... I keep thinking, you know, about what it is the man in the flat cap does. He goes to people who call him when they're desperate. Sometimes they think they're dying, but they don't have to be for him to come. They just have to be desperate enough, I think. I think that's the key. That letter from Mr Prakash, the point at which he met the man in the flat cap was when he'd finally given up all hope of finding him, all hope of solving his problem. He was angry, despairing, desperate, and that's when it happened. 
when Oliver has talked about making deals with the man in the flat cap, he always said it has to be mutual, that you have to agree that's why it's a deal. That's how it's made. But the terms aren't fair. I think that's what the whole hubris thing is about. These people he goes to, they're willing to give anything in exchange for what he's offering. He wants their souls in return. That's what he gets, I think. And he consumes them, whatever that means. For what? I don't know. And I keep thinking about that, about my power. How I can make people just do things. I don't even have to mean it, it just happens sometimes if I'm not trying my best to keep it in check. I don't need people to agree to get them to do what I want, they just do it. Seeking without searching is like, I don't know, these people are asking a question without hoping for an answer, making a request they are sure won't be fulfilled and that's when he finds them. But me? People don't need to ask. Whether they have questions or requests or not, it's like they have no choice, not even a pretend one. They don't even get to throw the loaded die. They're already cast as soon as I say the words. How can you say me and the man in the flat cap are different in other ways too, and you know so little about him? Apples aren't the only things that fall from trees. What's that supposed to mean? The true arcanist deck. But I don't know how to read these cards. I can't interpret them properly. I don't know what they're saying. All right, all right, fine. I'll ask. <sighs> Tell me. Tell me how the... Tell me how me and the one who walks here and there are the same. A blank... No! They're blank. They're all blank. What? What is this? What... Mystery? You all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. What? You sound worried. Did something happen? I... We felt it. You felt what? Like a stone dropped into the pond of the arcane. What did he just do? I... N nothing. Nothing at all. I was just... I was trying to read the true Arcanist tarot. You asked about the faceless man. The wanderer. He who walks here and there. The man with no face. The grinning face. He's the man in the flat cap and shell suit. The arcane one. God, he's got so many titles, I can't. He's, it's hard to keep up. Uh, you said you were a friend of Madame Marie's before, right? As much as she had friends, yes. How did this happen to you? How did you get stuck wherever you are? Everywhere and nowhere. The space between all things. The nothing that makes up the most of every atom. Infinitesimally small. Incomprehensibly large. Everything, nothing. Existent and not at all. Yeah, but how did you get there? There is no here. Okay, um, but 
whatever state this is that you're currently occupying, how did it happen? Madame Marie brought you to me. She said you had the gift, and for a price, I could be suspended. Suspended at the moment of death? Yes. Why would you ask for that to happen? The only person I really know who's gone through that is pretty unhappy about it. Hubris. Yeah, that's what he says too. But there's more to it than that. I was dying. Madame Marie told me you could stop it from happening. But you could not. But you said there was water. You said you drowned. I did. The deal was made long before the deed itself. Did you... Was the drowning deliberate? No. It was an accident. I think that's why I am so much less now. Less than others here. So, how did that, you know, come about? I don't recall. Not entirely. I was dying for a long time, I think. That night, I was driving. I should not have been behind the wheel. I was too sick. But there was somewhere I had to go. A place I needed to be. I was desperate. And then, the car. The bridge. And then, just flashes. Headlights through the dark water. Fish swimming. Panicked. Dark clouds. Blood, I think. And then, tearing, ripping, wrenching. Not violence like mortals know it. horrible. For me, it's nothing at all. It... Um, well, that's good, right? It's nothing at all. Right, um, but the deal, you said you made a deal. It's blurry, it's full of holes. I remember you, a small boy, blue-eyed. You could do incredible things. She gave you my blood, I think. Words were said, sigils drawn, bonds made. But you were so young, you couldn't make sense of the words. Perhaps that's why. Why what? It didn't work. Oh. Right. I'm sorry. You were a child, and it is nothing at all. A ripple across a small pond. Okay. I'm still sorry. It's nothing at all. A ghost maker. Heir apparent to the blood rose crown. Dolphin of this fresh hell and its future dominion. You can go if you like. Thank you, Sam. Oh my gods. The cards, they aren't blank anymore. Ow! Ow! It ah, cut my finger, but...
It's fine. Oh, this card, the skull with the crown. I've drawn it before, but... <sighs> it's me, isn't it? What did that make me do? What did she make me do? What am I? No. No. These cards. This deck. I don't want it. None of it. It's not good. I just can't. I can't and I won't. Burn, you fuckers. <laughs> what? No, no, don't go out. Burn. Burn. Why won't you burn? Ah, uh, oh, oh. Oh, my nose. <sighs> sorry, darling. I'm sorry. fan of this fresh hell and all its dominions, huh? Guess that's another nickname we have to add to the list. Ugh, I think I need to go to bed. Come on, Revel. Good night, faithful listeners. Radio is a podcast created by Pippin Ama Major, distributed by Hanging Sauce Studios under a Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike 4.0 international license. This episode starred Pippin Ama Major as Sam, Rose Eck as Mystery, and an assortment of cats as Rebel. Find more info at hangingsawstudios.com and consider supporting the show on patreon.com forward slash hangingsawstudios for early access to new episodes and shiny bonus content. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience.
tune in, get spooky.